Welcome to the 401k Mommy Podcast with your host, Gavi. Imagine if you're dope ass putting mommy a podcast telling stories about life, data, money, get mass. That's this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We appreciate all of the listeners, all of everyone's enjoying me on this journey. There's so much to talk about. And I know I've been a little bit behind in content, so I appreciate everybody's patience. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about data analytics and how I got into the data analytics space. A lot of people have been asking me questions, especially TikTok apparently wants to see more of this content. So so usually when people ask me, I go with data analysts. You know, I take the data and I analyze it. Very easy two-part concept to understand. Um, so if you ever want to know the differences, we could definitely do an episode on that. I mostly... Um, verse in data analytics like type tasks, but we definitely we can maybe we should interview a data engineer and talk about what that looks like. But so if you wanted to know how I got into that, it's a very long journey, but follow me with the story. So when I was in college, I did an undergrad degree in finance. Um, finance wasn't exactly like my hundred percent passion um, because capitalism. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. This seems like very. I mostly did it to understand it, but I knew it wasn't like the passion. So I'm like, this is not going to be my passion out of college. And I was like, damn it, I know it. And granted, if you feel like that way, that's okay. Granted, you might feel a lot of like, why am I doing this and whatever in this moment. But you got to figure out your reason, your logic. For me, I want something consistent and stable, and I wanted to, you know have something that would set me up decently as an adult because I didn't have the, um, how do I say, the support to kind of be support outside of college. Like after college, it was just me. Finances, anything else, whatever, that was all me. But even though I had an undergrad degree in finance, that doesn't mean that I stopped taking classes that I enjoyed. That's like my biggest piece of advice. Still take classes that you enjoy. So I was a nerd. I've always known I'm a nerd. I've always known. I've been always been a math person. I'm like the weird side where like I was more linked toward math and I just couldn't fuck with science. Um, it's not that I don't believe in science. That's not the case at all. It's more so uh, science doesn't get me. And I'm like, why, why, why? Just kidding. I don't, I try to understand it. It's just, there's some concepts that are a little bit like it takes longer for my head to wrap around. Um, and I've literally had people sit there and try to explain to me and I'm like, I understand this, but this is not one plus one in my head. I wish it did, but it's not. <laughs> and so with that, I did a bunch of college courses that kind of le- le- leaned toward more things in math. But I knew I didn't want to be like a math teacher professor. I'm like, it doesn't have to be that generic and that, you know, linear. <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, so I took courses in Calc 1. I did Calc 2. I was trying to pursue like, an, uh, I believe it was like a, a minor in math or like a minor in um I think it was computer science. Like I started with the computer science. I did intro computer science. I learned a little bit intro Python. I learned R. I had learned um, SAS at some point for statistic course. I had done a marketing analytics where it was like you take these 3D bubbles and this is how the best I could explain that marketing analytics class. We were trying to take data and through that data, how do you best market to somebody? And one of the data we're looking at was like, okay, Spain. Spain is a country mostly predominantly by wine, hey, and if you're trying to market a beer to a country like Spain where most people are consuming wine, how do you do that? How do you get the barrier to entry when it comes to marketing to those people? What do you need to look at in terms of consumption, the audience, what do they look for, flavors, like you take the product and you assemble it into features, and then you take those features and see how you can market it accordingly in a different product, almost matching those similarities. Hopefully I didn't lose you, but essentially it was trying to make beer the new wine and it was taking data with it because it was already data was existing on those consumers, basically existing demographic data from um, what I remember from the class. It was a very interesting class. I don't deal with that type of data anymore, but something I'm always kind of figuring out how to deal with because I think 
that's something the studying of a market or demographic I think should apply in many roles and it's something that I think a lot more people should understand it's not as simple as like well it's one plus one you know equals to this audience it's like what the audience is a person the audience makes decisions but I'm going into like ad analytics and that's not where I'm trying to go with this um so yeah marketing analytics I did python I did r I had done um, a few like project management courses uh, or like intro to like project management, like also super duper everything in Excel. I'd worked done with VBA, almost everything with like a programming, like a bit introduction to it. I had probably done it. And I'd done these things outside of the finance. I saw college business, intro to computer science, some of the math department. Uh, I don't know. The only thing I didn't have is a Tableau course. I didn't have a data visualization course. To my knowledge, data visualization wasn't really um, on the come up then. But if they did, I probably would have been leaning more toward that and something to figure out. Because I think at that point, I knew I wasn't finance and I was trying to figure out the merging between business and analytics. Ironic based on what I do now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Why don't we come full circle? Because it, it's the little stone age of colleges and colleges were like, oh, you're traditional roles. You want to do these traditional roles? And I'm like, no, I'm a little bit different. I'm kind of like a nerd. But anyways. That was the college course I did. So with that, I was very versed with analytics already. I'd already done different data sets. I've already done different visualizations, different calculations. I've already done the experience and everything, um, like in curriculum-wise, like in education academic setting. So the only thing is I didn't have the experience as much. So I got an internship with my current role, and it was in the wealth management position. So I did an internship as a wealth management intern. I realized what wealth management was, and I was like, I could do this. It's pretty cool. I could see that. For legal reasons, I'm just going to speed up the story and say wealth management wasn't for me. And I don't think, I, I think I realized that later down the line. In that internship, I still thought it was me. And I was, I believed that it was going to be the role for me when I got out. And I was like, yes, that's what I would do when I grew up. This is the new role. You know, this is what we, you know, the internship has led to the job experience. Awesome. Ooh, one year out of college later, um, I got the acceptance at that same company, got accepted to a full-time role, did development program. I realized I wasn't really doing a lot of wealth management type of projects, but it was something I was really good at. It was my natural ability and people kind of just leaned toward me based on age and probably just the way I look because of glasses. People always think glasses are nerds. You know what I mean? People I've met with glasses that are the opposite of nerds. They don't know anything about anything. And that's okay. Listen, if you don't want to, you don't, you don't have to be smart to wear glasses. It just means you're visually need some help. But anyways, let me digress. They assumed I was good with Excel and I was, and they assumed, you know, hey, Gabby, take on this project. And you, you know, I was reverse engineering Excel sheets of trying to find inputs to create like an output of some report of some kind. It's reverse engineering all these calculations of like, hey, how did you calculate what this person should get in terms of their sales goals or their sales needs or their sales comp? And I'm like, I just took what you did and I reverse found it basically, you know, I did a Y equals MX plus B type situation. This is the B, this is the Y, find out the other variables. Also, you know, I'm a, I'm very curious and I've really got a lot of fun out of that. And so I started to notice that trend when I was in my first role that, wow, I really can just keep doing stuff with data and I'd be fine. Like, just give me give me the problem and I'll figure it out. I don't know how long, but leave me with my little headphones and I can do it. I was in a rotation program. So I was in that rotation and it was a transition to another rotation. I'd realized wealth management wasn't for me. And I'm like, this sounds like the new rotation I should do it. If anything, it should just be my full-time career path, what I want to do. I just didn't know how to transition into it. I, in my view, I wasn't, I was like like a little bit introduction experience, but not that full experience. I'm like, in my head, being one, I'm like, who wants me just for Excel skills? A lot of people will. A lot of people still need some Excel, especially because I had advanced. I knew like BBA. So like the back end of it, I've known all like pi- pivot tables, uh, V lookups, but 
Yeah, so I know when I do it, but then it's down my head. I'm like, I don't, I can't name off the top of my head, but I could do it. Anyways, there was a role that was opening up, and the manager at the time who was working under me was like, I don't know, I kind of like you in wealth management. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't think wealth management likes me. And and that's cool. It was just more so I realized it was a different type of workflow that I didn't really care for anymore versus analytics is a lot more what I wanted to do. So there was a position. It's like this is outside of, you know, the typical department that we're in is a whole different line of business. Do you still want to do it? And I was like, yes. And it required me to move to a whole different city. Mind you, I was living in Chicago, born and raised in Chicago all my life. Chicago girl, love Chicago. And that was my first big girl move, I feel like. It was like, you got to move to a different city, but you're doing a role that you're really excited and you've never done anything like this before. No one in the program was really doing anything like this before. I was like one of the first people that was like tweaking that program and going somewhere else, at least within the class I was in. So I was like, yeah, totally, sign me up. And if you didn't know, the city was Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. I've been here now for, how long have I been in Philadelphia? I've been in Philadelphia for a while. But anyway, so I got this role dating legs. I moved to Philly. And in this role, they're basically hiring me to like, we want you to learn Tableau and basically start using it to create reports on this team. So I learned Tableau from scratch. Tableau is very widget based or button based, as I say. So it's like there's a lot of flows to get something done to understand it. And then there's the harder next level of calculations and understanding how is Tableau interpreting the data? Because that's another question is like, it's one thing to create visualization. I could throw anything from an Excel, like all these functions, you know, fields or whatever on a report. But if I don't know what's calculating and why it's doing it, then that's what gets me in trouble. Because I'm like, why does it calculate it that way? Why does it sum that way? Why is the total that way? Oh, well, I don't know. I'll be like, yeah, you got to know. You're presenting the data. You, t- you need to know why the data looks this way if it's not supposed to calculate this way. You need to know your calculations. <laughs> but I digress. So I was learning Tableau. Tableau wasn't really hard for me to figure out. The one thing I would give a tip on if anybody was learning Tableau is, you know, you figure out how to do something and figure out how to break and how it maxes up. So it's like, if I know if I clicked one button, this is what's going to do. If I wanted to mess it up, this is what it would do. This is the wrong way to do it, the correct way to do it. Um, I had more questions of like, what happens if I did this? Why would somebody want to look at it this way? I'm a very nosy person. So I asked like a lot of questions and I figured it out. I think also I stood after work for like maybe like an hour, maybe an hour and a half each day for like about two months, three months. And I figured it out. That's what happens when you're nosy though. So I got all the buttons down. But the next question I had was, where does the data come from? I feel like a little kid, I was like asking who was Santa Claus and where's Santa Claus born? And someone's like the North Pole. I'd be like, but where in the North Pole? What, what the North Pole is not a city in what country? Um, <laughs> so that's the perspective I had. And the person at the time couldn't really explain it to me. And then that person who was managing or like heading up all those projects eventually left. And then it was up to me when someone was like, okay, so now you're in charge because you are the second, you know, best person for this role. So now you get to inherit everything. You can learn everything on the job. And I'm like, wait, I don't know that much stuff. I just know what I'm clicking around. So what do I do best? And what did I do? I just got back to being curious. So I already knew how to do things in Tableau, right? Like if you gave me the data and how to produce certain type of report and like those fields and everything, I knew I understood it. But then the next question of responsibility with data is people ask you, situation-based or hypotheticals or can I do this or can we do this or what does this look like, you know, and a lot of scenario basis. And so I knew that was going to be the next question people asking me, can we do this in Tableau? What does this data look like? Where does this data come from? What is the date of this data? Context also. So they want context. They want situations. They wanted to know things before they requested them because they had bigger ideas and bigger responsibility. So you're probably wondering, how in the world did you figure that out? Well, there was no structure. There was nothing we could go off of. And one time, an old coworker asked me, like, how did you learn all this? And I'm like, I 
I had to basically create my own study plan. And my study plan was reaching out to everybody in technology and be like, hey, this is a table. What does this table do? And I literally had like a whole sheet of like 10,000 questions. I'm like, what does this table mean? What does this schema mean? What does these fields mean? Do we have a data dictionary? Why would we use this? And they'd be like, you don't need to know about that field. Why don't I need to worry about that field? What about this field you think is not relevant? Why? Because it's something that it includes. How often does it get cleaned? When does it get imported? Who should I contact if I think it's wrong? I was being nosy. Nosy. You couldn't stop me from being. And then I did it for like three databases, mind you, across the board. They're completely different. We had no contacts, nothing written down about these at all. All we had was like a password, not get in, and blah, blah, blah. All we had. And what would I do? I'm here figuring out how to ask someone's question. It's like, Gabby, do we have XYZ type data? I don't know, but give me 24 hours and I will give you an answer. That's the type of person I was. And I still am definitely that person. I think now it's just a little bit harder with my responsibilities. I'm trying to do everything at once. And so that is me in Tableau. That is the speeded up round edition. I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely know what questions you have on that story. It's it's a relatively long story. I mean, granted, I think I just told him like about 10 to 12 to 15 minutes, but it's always a little bit challenging to explain to people in a, you know, social media post how I got into data. So that's the, you know, that's the truth. That's the history. Now you know. Now it's been documented. Um, but these are also some things I would tell people that I would learn. I was learning part of my journey as lessons and also advice I would give. So advice number one is ask questions and be curious. I think that's like the biggest theme, right? I was being nosy. I was asking 10,000 questions. When I first started off my role, I was messaging my manager like 10 times a day. Hey, what does this do? Can I do this? Hey, what would you normally do like this? How do you want this formatted? What does this look like? Blah, blah, blah. And granted now, I am like probably not the greatest communicator and that's a whole different conversation. But it's important to ask questions. I always say like you have to understand the things you don't know in the context of them. There's so many questions you got to ask. And I think too often people are afraid of how it makes you look and you look not experienced. But at the end of the day, you don't know the context. I didn't know anything about investment data. They don't teach you. There's no college course on investment. I mean, okay, granted now, nowadays there is. But also the problem is every company has their own context for the data. So for example, we had a particular way of pulling that data and there was a lot of nuances. You could do this, but you can't do that. How would you know that? Until you ask, until you experience until you go in and you try to do the thing and the thing breaks. That's another thing, accepting that things might break or things might not work the way you want to. You got to accept the mistakes will happen. Number two for the piece of advice is make a list of your knowledge gaps and roadblocks. So when I was finished learning the basic Sableau, my person who was managing me was like, so what's next? And I'm like, okay, I know my roadblock or when I got more responsibility into explaining something to Tableau, they're like, what's, you know, what do you think is going to be a hurdle for you? I'm like, people are going to ask me questions about the data and I'm going to have no idea what to say. And I was being honest. I'm like, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. And I've asked questions to this particular person and they just didn't have an answer for me. So I need your patience and I'm going to come to you with like, this is my question. You might not have the answer to it, but who do you think I should talk to about it? Right? Like I just need contacts. I need networks. Like who are the 10 people I should reach out to and bother about these questions? And that's what she did. She was like, okay, ask this person, this person, this person. I'm like, cool. And then that's when I was almost like someone following a lead. I'm like, hello, this is, my name is Gabby and this is my contact information. And I've heard you talk to you about this. Do you have any time? knocks on the door or virtually on the door via an email and a Skype message like a ping, 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 ping. <laughs> you have to outline that because you don't know what you don't know. And then when you find out what you don't know, you got to write down and outline how you're going to figure it out, learn it, right? Because there's no point in not knowing something if you don't have a game plan to figure it out. You got to execute, execute. Advice number three is set aside time for practicing and learning. I was spending like an hour and a half or like a little bit, like maybe 30 minutes like after each, I would probably get in like into a new 
like grind mode at like four o'clock of like, okay, let's get back into learning stuff right now. And I probably finish around five thirty and six. Granted, I don't have responsibilities. Um, I have a very bulky laptop and I didn't feel like taking it home. Could I have taken it home? Great. I also encourage work-life balance. But for me, I knew that the more comfortable I would be was learning something. I was brand new to the role. I definitely wouldn't recommend that all the time because majority of the time, once it hits five o'clock, I definitely lock off. So I don't follow that advice anymore. Uh, I'd only follow that advice if you're learning something new. And also it depends. Sometimes it doesn't require work. Sometimes it's something you do on the weekend. I know for me, once it's five o'clock, I'm like, I don't want to look at any more data. I love data. Data loves me, but I don't want to look at it. I look at it on a Saturday at 9 a.m. I have a coffee and I'm relaxed in pajamas. So schedule it out. You have to make it a habit. Learning a new skill is a muscle and you got to go to the gym to practice and to exercise it for it to get some bulkiness or strength to it. Last one is network with folks. So a lot of people don't realize there's so much more resources for data than when I first started out. Like there's a whole social media thing for data. A lot of people don't realize, like, yes, my content is mostly money, but also because I'm a data analyst and I actually started off with a data Instagram account at one point. I had to follow a bunch of data people, but then I didn't like the data Instagram account. I've got too much to manage. So I was like, let me just bring it over here because I'm both. And I started following all those people. And then there's more people that are creating content. There's so many people that are creating content. And I'll definitely drop the links of a few people that I follow that I like I engage with often. And they have so many courses. Like there's Hannah LTX um, or Hannah LTX. And she has her own. I think it's a data visualization course. I believe it's what it is. And I'm definitely taking that this weekend. I've been procrastinating for the longest. But everything she thinks you need to know for data visualization, they do way better content at data analytics than I do. Because they get more technical and they're very much able to speak to the newbie audience and they're able to explain you know, this is what you want to know. This is what you got to learn. A more curriculum educational base versus I'm more of a discussion base of like, once you know it, let's discuss afterwards. I'm not very good at doing the one step, two step, three step. So at least not with data specifically. So a network of folks, it's TikTok, if you got to find Instagram. Um, Twitter is a good one. People like, I found so many people on Twitter and I'd follow them and there's like 10,000 people that was like, hey, here's this thing going on. Hey, have you heard about this different platform, this book, this other person? I actually did a course, uh, a LinkedIn course at work and then I followed the person who made the LinkedIn course and he followed me back. But he always posts about data stuff and I found pretty like interesting insights on it. And then I also found orgs that take a political approach. Like there's data for black lives where it's talking about the nuances with data and you have to be responsible and ethical about it. Because another thing, it's one thing to be super excited about, but you have to realize the impact of what you're doing. Like, yeah, what is it going down the line? How is it impacting people? What's the end goal? Or what is the end reach or impact? So network, 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 however you want to do. If you want to do in person, I think social media is a little bit easier because you can follow people and just engage. So many people making free content. So it's like, listen, you can just be on your phone and there, free content, free things to engage with. That's what I like. Easy within reach. And also the those people are a lot of them range in age. So they're millennials, sometimes they're older than the millennial range. And some it's a lot of times if you engage with them, they'll respond back. I I think if I wasn't like a creator account, I would definitely still engage with them. And they're definitely very friendly. I think one of them also Hannah, she's or Hannah, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I think she does office hours, like talk to me about your data role and like your data journey and what do you want to improve with it? And I'm like, that's amazing. How many times would I love that from somebody? And it's because, you know, we do things when we don't have them and we create those paths and those avenues. So network and that's the end of the episode um that's all i really have to say about data analytics for now i didn't want to overwhelm people because if you pay me enough money or give me enough coffee i'll talk about data for hours ask any good friend that knows me they know this is true i bring up data anywhere i can in every moment moment possibility even with dating um for a small running joke one of my friends she unawarely um, she has a database and it's not like a physical database. It's not a typical what we call a database, but in her head, she creates a database of people. Um, 
And I think it's the most amazing thing of how we try to make connections to things and understand the correlation for some things. But anyways, that's the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Be sure for to follow 401k mommy wherever you listen to podcasts and on Instagram to stay up to date with more episodes. Bye.